think about universities, their fulfillment structure, their their scholarship structures, their degree structures, their application structures, access, outcome, accountability, community. When you when you understand that that is what people want right now and they want to pay more because it's in alignment with the university in their head, your business can become hugely successful. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, it's Mark DeGrasse here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting-edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, I have our own Aaron Parkinson. He's one of our SMEs and the recent master of our paid media bootcamp, in addition to being the chief executive officer of Seven Mile Media, which is actually a firm that he owns that does $10 million plus a month in paid media and manages 50 of the world's largest authority brands. Today, we're talking about education marketing and whether it's dead or not. (laughs) That's quite the lead in. I love it. It is. Welcome, Aaron. Well, thanks for having me on. Should we just start with, yeah, it's dead. Everybody go home. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to do online education anymore. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be the world's shortest podcast and done. Just stop and what you do. We shut down. Yeah. Yeah. I get this question a lot right now because you and I've got to know each other pretty well over the last uh, few months. And I've been in this space since 2004. So I really got to see specifically the education side and see the trends and watch it evolve and see what's working now. And, you know, since 2004, we've done over a billion in sales for our own companies and our clients combined together. So we're always just looking at what the data is telling us, you know, and I'm sure you remember back in the day, like what was the first education thing that you sold uh, that you saw selling online? Oh, easily PDFs, lead magnet. Yeah. PDFs, lead magnets. Right. So when, when everything kind of first launched and it was the wild west, it was like, Hey, I can sell this ebook for $50 and I, and you could pretty much launch anything in an ebook and sell it. And it, it, the cost per acquisition was nothing. And then what ended up happening is that the market became a little bit more sophisticated, which means you got to educate them a little bit more. And then where did we go next? Video. Videos. Yeah. So I, yeah. I would say pretty much went Webinar. sales letter, sales letter, then VSL after that. So the sales letter kind of burnt out. And then we went into VSL and then we went into webinar 
And then we actually went back to BSL because people, because <laughs> people stopped showing up to webinars, right? Like yeah. the show rates yeah. just got worse and worse and worse. And so your, your profit, you're like, okay, we can't, we can't have 60% of people no showing something. So then it was okay, but let's go back to, to VSLs. Right. And now what I really think has happened, the big pivot in education marketing is something that I'm constantly reiterating with my clients right now is that if you're in the education marketing space, you are competing against universities and their heads always go, no, I'm not. And I say, you are, if you want to play the game at the highest level. Now, what do I mean by that? The trend that I've seen happen over the last probably four years has been that information is now so commoditized between YouTube and search engines and emails and newsletters that we were in this, this, on this hunt for information. We were in this search for information when all of a sudden the internet came about and it was this revelation. And now we have too much information. <laughs> I don't know about you. How many notification outlets do you have in a day? Oh my gosh. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause I've been talking about this just with the email. I'm like, ah, oh, I get so many emails that I, I really rely on Slack. Slack is like where I go to, you know, right. and, people, and people on there know me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I have you on Slack and the average person now has email notifications, social notifications, Slack notifications, Skype notifications, texting. And it's just this constant onslaught of information. So then when we go into the marketplace and we say, hello, Mr. Buyer, I have some more information for you, even if it's the information they want, subconsciously, they're saying, I don't want more information mm -hmm. and I'll probably not consume it. Then I might scratch this itch for this one moment in time. And then I'm going to move on to the next thing that I'm distracted by. Mm -hmm. And so what I've seen over the last four years is the market demanding something different. And what the market I see demanding now is, yes, they still want the information, but they know that they have to be held accountable to consume it. And so what they're actually looking for is someone to say, not only am I going to give this to you, I'm going to hold you accountable to getting to the end of it and getting through it to get the next thing they're looking for, which is a very clearly defined outcome in a timeline. So I just hosted the eight-week media buying bootcamp with Digital Marketer, right? It gave the elements that I'm talking about right now to people, which is probably why we sold out in a week, right? Because what do they want? They want accountability. They want an outcome. They want a timeline. And they want access. They want access directly to the creator somehow, some way. Now, maybe that could be in a group format. Maybe, you know, for us, we did live trainings every week in a group format with a Slack channel. So they had access that the, 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 the expert was not behind some Chinese wall, mm -hmm. right? And when you have those elements in play, which is access, timeline, outcome, accountability, ideally some kind of guarantee to back up the outcome that we're putting out in the marketplace. Not only is everybody willing to pay a premium price for it, it's the only thing they want because they know in the back of their head, 
if I pay the premium price for this, I'm not putting it aside, especially if all of these other elements are in play. So the, the, the people in the education space that are, that are trying to win the game with free information, low price courses, the things that used to work in the past are getting chewed up and spit out right now. Mm-hmm. No, and you just, that was so much information that you just said. One, the first point was, you know, as a course grade, you are competing with the universities. And I think 100%. That, you know, it's been around forever. I remember back, you know, in the day you had University of Phoenix. Remember when right. University of Phoenix came out? Absolutely. Like, oh my God, I could do classes online. And then you had all the other universities start catching up with it. And then now you could access Harvard classes for free, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And the, 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 the second part of the university piece, and I had a long conversation with a client about it yesterday, is that, again, in the education space, a lot of people go down the wrong path. The path they go down is more is better. Mm. So you see a lot of education marketers putting 78 videos in a course. Like Just the idea of even looking at 78 videos makes me sweat right now because there's no chance I'm going to find time to go all those things. You don't walk into a university and pay your tuition and then they go, here's your 78 textbooks and all seven of your tests and have a good time and do it whenever you want and do the test whenever you want and it's pass or fail, right? They (laughs) they They don't do that, right? They say, we're going to give you bite-sized pieces of information that you can consume over time through weekly classes, through semesters, through years. And then they take it the extra step and they say, okay, they're, they're not dumb. And this is the thing that I've been relaying into our clients is they have a bachelor's degree, they have a master's degree, and they have a PhD. So they're in, in their business model, and don't be confused, it is a business. They know that it's going to be an average of $5,000 cost per acquisition for them. And I know because I do university marketing, it's going to be, I do it much better and much cheaper. This is, you know, that's a selfless plug, but the average, the average, right. yeah, I do it right. Right. They do it the old traditional way and it's not very good. And they pay about $5,000 cost per acquisition for a new student. So do they just give them the bachelor's degree and say, we're done here in their business model? No, because they they know that there's always a percentage of people that want more and they want to serve them where they're at. So they can't just serve them more of what's in the bachelor's degree. They then offer them the master's degree and they teach them a whole new curriculum and meet them where they're at at this new level. And then when they're done that, they go, oh, well, would you like a PhD? Well, let me serve you a new curriculum at this level. And what does that do for their business model? Let's just say that the average bachelor's degree in the United States costs somebody $120,000, right? I mean, my daughter's going to ASU here in in a couple of months, and I'm already doing the math in my head. (laughs) So... They're going to get $120,000. Maybe 10% of those people, maybe 20%, I don't know, will go on to a master's degree. Well, there's another 120,000. And 10% or 20% of those people will go on to a PhD. Well, there's another 120,000. Well, the university has marketing, teachers, pensions, buildings, electric, insurance. 
they have to have a deep enough product line to sustain those expenses and their rising cost of acquisition. So if we look at what, what does a university offer? Well, they offer education. They offer an outcome. Now that outcome is a little dicey on the bachelor's degree. They've been promising you'll make more money if you have a bachelor's degree. I don't know if I really buy into the outcome that they're selling right now, but they offer access to the professors, a timeline, an outcome. They offer it all in a way that's spaced out in a way that you consume. There's a reason why they do that because they know that that's going to give the student the best chance to succeed. And hopefully they'll go on to the next level of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. So when I'm telling people in the education space right now, there's a shift. The shift is the internet was a novelty when I got started in 2004 and every moron with an ebook could sell it no matter what was in it. Now this has become more polished and it's starting to fall into the more traditional education space. The goal, the, 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 the great thing though, is that most of the stuff that's taught in, in universities and colleges is more generic theory where the stuff that's taught by entrepreneurs is more stuff you can implement immediately and get a result. It's more in the trenches, real world, active knowledge. It's more tactical, right? So these are some of the things that I'm seeing, and I'm going to stop talking for a second because I have a tendency to just talk and talk and talk and talk (laughs) and, and get your thoughts on, on this, this transition that's happening in the education space. No, and I, I think what's funny is about, you know, education and, and higher learning in general is they're like one of the oldest originators of brand value. Because when you you go to a university, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to college to learn some things so I could do a job. You're joining a community of people. And Absolutely. that community is driven by billions of dollars of sports endorsements mm-hmm. and you know internal PR and then all the fundraising they do from the alumni in order to keep that brand awareness and then build that community that network because when you Absolutely. go to Harvard you're not getting you do get an excellent degree from Harvard but sure. you also get a big fat badge on your wall that says you are part of this group and this Absolutely group they've had the best internal PR you can imagine. Like we're going to make you feel like you could do anything and we're going to talk about you. And we're going to, once you're successful, we're going to push you even harder. And it's like this, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy of success. And that's what you're buying when you get into Harvard or MIT or, or anything, Stanford or here in Texas, UT. UT is like, oh my gosh, you're, you're part of the crew. Guess what? Yeah. You need a loan? Boom. You get that loan. Oh, you need a connection. Boom, you get that connection. And so they built the university and the brand of that university into something that's so valuable that it does make sense to spend $500,000, you know, but, you know, it, it's it's actually the be- one of the best examples of what we teach at, at Digital Marketer, which is the customer value journey, because the, the last two stages are advocacy and promotion. And it's basically about converting your consumer into a marketing channel. And that's yes. what universities, good universities have done. And so I, so like everything you said about the universe is true, but it's actually even farther and deeper than anything people acknowledge most of the time, because you're now, an, you're now a marketing channel for your brand. Well, like my wife, she put her USC license plate frame. You know, she got her master's from USC, shows everybody. Out of it. 
in Texas, which people don't like Californians. No, they don't. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get discriminated against. No, no. I started saying y'all. So now I'm, now I'm cool. Uh, uh, you're, starting to, you're starting to graduate <laughs> into that world. Well, you said some really important things. One of the things that I didn't mention and what people are looking for is community right? Yes, they want outcome. Yes, they want duration. Yes, they want access. Yes, they want accountability. They also want community. So there always has to be a community aspect to that because that helps them when they're down and lifts them when they're up beyond the accountability measures that you'll put into place. And the other thing that was really interesting that you mentioned is the the credibility and the belief system around Harvard. Funny story, I got offered a scholarship at Harvard. I grew up in Canada And I made it up to the National Development Center for Soccer when I was young. And I started putting out all of my, well, I had an agent basically that put out my my information to all the the schools in the U.S. And all of the schools in the U.S. offered me some level of money, right? Full ride, half ride, you know, depended on the school and what their needs were. Harvard sent me a letter and it said, we want to welcome you to Harvard. I I I still get chills when I saw the envelope. I went, oh my God it's Harvard. And I opened up the letter and it basically said in summary, you're not smart enough to go here, (laughs) but if you play soccer for our team, we'll let you in. We're not going to give you any money. Because we'll let you give us money. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you give us money. And it instantly went to the top of my chart as far as where I was looking at because it was Harvard, right? And the the one that I ended up settling on was North Carolina, which had almost a full ride. But the fact that they that, that I was comparable. considering it, yeah. it was Carmel's. <laughs> it's Harvard. Now, when you look at Harvard as the example, would Harvard have the same prestige as they do today if they were selling a course to somebody that was one month long, it was $200, and whether you completed it or not, they did not care. Mm-hmm. They would not. No, no. They would not. Right? <laughs> they say you're going to come here. You're going to show up to class. You're going to follow our standards. You're going to. You're going to have very hard tests. You know, it's very difficult to get in. There's going to be failure rates. You know, all of these things are are variables that we can leverage. Right? You want to see the the people increase in quality of who you bring in. Put an application in place, and don't just do it because you want the questions on it so that you can use it in the sales process, actually don't let people in. Mm. Actually create a scenario where you are eliminating the people that you don't want so that your brand grows in credibility and grows in reputation. You know, for us, for, for example, when we're on podcasts like this all the time, people say, oh, well, who do you work with? I say, I work with authority brands. Well, what kind of authority brands? The very first thing I tell everybody we don't work with authority brands doing less than $150,000 per month in revenue. And people say, oh, well, that's a pretty small percentage, isn't it? So it's a, yeah, because I only want to work with them because I want to take them from seven figures a year to eight figures a year. And I only want to work with the best. I don't want to work with the somebody who's trying to figure out proof of concept or who's you know missing meals to test ad budgets. I don't want to. So, so now the brand, our brand, Seven Mile Media, people are showing up now on my calls and they're saying, I'd really like to work with you. I'm not sure if I'm qualified, 
but I wanted to have the conversation. Well, how much different is the positioning when someone's showing up to talk to me with, I'm not sure if I qualify versus sell me on your services. Yeah. I'm not selling you on my services. We're, we're the elite. You come here when you qualify to get here. And then we take you from here to here, right? If I was taking anybody doing website design projects or writing an email series or what the the brand would be completely different. It goes back to the education space, right? Think about universities, their fulfillment structure, their, their scholarship structures, their degree structures, their application structures, access, outcome, accountability, community. When you, when you understand that that is what people want right now and they want to pay more because it's in alignment with the university in their head, your business can become hugely successful. Yeah. And everything you said is is just so true. And it's, and the more you think about universities is like, okay, you are competing with the universities, but you're talking about somebody who's done the processes that you're talking about, spent the time to test it, spent the money to test it, and now is a hundred years into it. That's yeah. who you're competing against. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and because success leaves clues, right? Oh yeah. Well, well, and and like you were talking about before, where everybody's just so saturated with data, they're saturated with courses, they're saturated with this free information all the time. And so how do you make the education marketing model work? is you try to do what the university's done, which is a, a group of people who have figured out the, the core essence of branding. And, and the branding aspect is so important today because people don't have time to waste five minutes on this course and 10 minutes on this course and then seven hours on this course. And all they get out of it is just some, some tactical knowledge, some strategy and whatever it is. They have to have, they want to commit to a brand. They want to say, I got all of my education here and I know this system because all the concepts that are taught within the system are connected. And, Absolutely. you know, just personally, my, my son Declan goes to a school where they teach a classical learning where okay. it's, it's an integrated 12 year program. Wow. It's not, it's not, Oh, Hey, this teacher, Sally here is teaching math this way this year. And next year, this kind of curriculum, it kind of goes into this and, yeah, that's and Cindy, tough. That's what you typically have at most schools. And so when we heard like the classical learning model, we said, yes, that's not just one year is this year. And then that year is that year. It's like, no, it's all part of a 12 year process. And, and what you get and why we, we actually went to the school was specifically because we saw the senior thesis presentations from, you know, 12th graders. And it was like, holy crap, these are better presentations that I hear as a professional marketer, you know, right? not all of them, but it's like, these are children and these children have been taught how to think and mm-hmm. not just how to do something. And so I think it's, yeah, it's just what you said. It's, that's what universities have figured out. And that's what your brand has to figure out, which. And, well, and I take it a step further with a, with a lot of clients when they first come on with us, they've got proof of concept in what I'll call their bachelor's degree. And their bachelor's degree could be a 90-day program. It could be a six-month program. It could be a year-long program. It depends on the, the expert and the industry. And I, as soon as I bring them in, I say, okay, what's next? And they go, grow? Sell more? No, no, no. That's not my question. What's next in the journey for your student? 
Well, I don't know. So, okay. So all of the people right now that are graduating from your 90 day, six month, one year curriculum. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what's stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. They're no longer interested in what you taught. They feel like they've outgrown the community because they're all talking about things that are not on their level anymore. So guess what happens? What do you think happens, Mark? They stop or go away. Yeah. And where do they go? To your competitor. A hundred percent. They go back into the wild, what I like to call the shark infested waters. And they go to look for that next expert that's going to teach them what they need to learn now at this new level. And the problem with that is there's a lot of sharks out in that water. And when they get burned, it's your fault. I tell them it's your responsibility to steward your student from where they're at today to where they want to go. So you have to wrap your head around where are they at now at this level? What's my new curriculum? Because it's not ever the same at the second level or the third level because it's a different world. And you have to survey your people ask them where they're at, ask them what their pain points are now, ask them where they want to go, ask them what their challenges are that they're facing, and then develop that next level of curriculum to serve them where they're at now. And it never stops. You look at Tony Robbins, obviously a great educator. I don't know if you're a fan of Tony Robbins or not. I am. Oh, yeah. And he, his first seminar that he did was $500 in Vancouver, in Canada illegally, I might add, because he wasn't a Canadian, (laughs) which he'll tell you the story if you've ever been to any of his events. First event, 500 bucks. Now, if you want to go through the full Tony Robbins curriculum, I think it's a hundred thousand between all the events. And the last level of the curriculum is if you want to partner with me and work together, it's a million dollars and 25% equity in your company. So you will pay me to give me equity so that we can partner on your company. So along the way, he realized there's always a what's next. And as his brand grew, and this is an important piece that we haven't really talked about, he could raise the pricing at each level. It's not the same price to go to the University of Phoenix 
as it is to go to Harvard. No offense to the University of Phoenix, but they have a different, different model. They have a different, well, they just have a different credibility level in the minds of, you know, the, the, the general public. So you may start at this level in, in our agency, I started as a one man show and it was $2,000 a month. And I thought that was great when I started, but then I started to build out infrastructure, team, services, support, accountability, project management, all this stuff. It's nowhere near $2,000 a month to work with me now, but I'm also working with a different type of client now because I've been in the game long enough and I can justify that pricing to the service that I'm offering to those clients. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's the whole, the more value you put in and the longer you've been around, you're not stuck at the same price point you were charging in the beginning. You raise it with your credibility and you raise it with the value that you're bringing to the table. And eventually a lot of these authority brands that we work with, the lead educator, you know, the guru, the whatever, you can't get to them directly anymore one-on-one for probably less than twenty-five to $100,000 a year. I mean, that's, that's ultimately where you want to get to. No, and I, I love that. Well, I love the, you know, progression and the levels because it is, I, I used to tell people that content in general, where I said, Hey, you know, here's some content you need to make. And they'll be like, Oh, well that, that topic is covered by everybody. Everybody has that topic. And I said, specifically, you have to have it too, because if you're not answering this basic question about what you do, then they're going to find the answer somewhere. And it's going to be from your competitor. And now you just lost eyes on your brand because you did, you thought it was too redundant to answer a question that everybody is asking. And it, it just sounds so funny when you say it like that, because it's like, of course you have to, you have, of course to you have to all the information you have to have a system. You have to progress. It's, it's just how anything works unless you're planning on selling this thing once and then going away because yes. There's so many brands that are built like that and then they stop, you know, stops working. That, that's, that's, it's funny that you say that because I ask clients when they come on, I say, are you building an offer or a business? Mm. And they say, well, I'm, I'm doing $2.5 million a year right now. I'm pretty sure I have a business. I say, okay, what happens next with your clients? What other industries are we potentially looking at targeting? Are you building an education company? Or are you looking to just run this one pain offer solution thing as high as you can and make as much money as you can? And then you're going to saturate the entire market and then it's going to fall apart. And then you're going to have to start from scratch. Are you running an offer or are you building a business? And I often see that light bulb go on and whether they were planning to before or not, they go, no, I'm building a business. And I go, I say, oh, okay. So we're going to build you know, a long tail curriculum. We're going to have maybe multiple pillars inside of it. We're going to do that. We're going to do content. We're going to do this. Yeah. 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 That's what we're going Yeah. That's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> right. But I know that I challenged their mindset because I, I mean, we've had clients, we have lots of clients that just want to run an offer and I, I'll still take them. And I say, okay, well, you're going to get up to, you know, maybe $10 million a year will be your peak. It'll be short-lived. You know, you'll make a bunch of money on the way up and then it'll get less and less profitable, less and less profitable. And then you'll cross over into not profitable and then it will start to slip off. And then you'll go, I'm going to, I'm going to do a new offer, something completely different. And you see these people 
Like one day they were like the real estate guy. And then the next day they're like the crypto guy. (laughs) And then the next day they're like the NFT guy. You're like, man, you've been a lot of guys. Yeah. How could you be so good at so many things? It's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. You're good at that first step, level one. That's great. You know, and that's not good for your credibility. No, well, long term, especially. And that's, you know, if you, I guess if you just want to make a bunch of money and retire and then, yay, I did it. And that's all you want to do. But I think everybody now is realizing that life is a lot longer than you think it is. And you're going to need a lot more money than you think you do, especially if you want to not work anymore. And and agreed. The rude awakening for most people because they're like, no, I did. Well, and I always go back to like Shark Tank because Shark Tank, you always have Mr. Wonderful. He always says like, you have a product. You don't have a business. Just like you say, offer or a business. And it's a product's great. A product could be the foundation of a business. They can't be the business. And and I don't judge either. When they say, no, I have an offer. I want to run it up to, I want to do 50 million with it. And I want to retire and hang out on the beach awesome. I just want to make sure that we're talking the same language so I can help you understand what you need and what you don't need. And so I'm not judging. You get one product guy made the slinky, cashed it in. We're done. Good on you. Well done. Good job. No hate on my side. Great job. I wish I'd thought up the slinky, you know, or the fidget spinner. Remember the fidget spinner a few years ago? Yeah. Yeah, I got stolen so quick though. It it did. And that is, that is also the problem with a one product you know, business, if you want to call it that. Oh yeah. Let's go back to shark tank. You had the, what was the little happy face sponge? Oh, I've never saw that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a guy who made a sponge and it's happy face and you stick your fingers in and you could clean stuff. Oh, like, like, like you'd put them in like this and swirl it around. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Oh, it's, it's a neat product. And he probably made tons of money. And, and actually this goes a little different subject, but I said there's something different about business owners and people who can't make enough money. Like they, don't care that they just made $10 million this year. They don't care that they just made $100 million. There's no limit to what they're going to want to make. Whereas you have most people, I say, hey, if somebody handed you $10 million tomorrow, here's $10 million. A lot of people would just retire and they wouldn't work anymore. And they live a happy life hanging out or something. But you have a different level of people, a person who it doesn't matter how much money they make. That's just what they do. And if they're not doing that, they're not going to be happy. And so I, it's a differentiator because like you probably don't understand that, right? Like you're never going to stop. I just, I, I, I'll never stop. I mean, the, yeah. the, you know, there's, there's always opportunities thrown at me. I have more opportunities than I have time. So, and, and I want to hear them because that's how I'm built. I am a ideation promoter personality. Mm-hmm. And that's why I built a huge team of people because I am not an operator. I am not the fulfillment person. I am not the operations. That stuff bores me to tears. So I had to build that that infrastructure to allow me to just sit in my zone of genius, which is ideating and promoting. That's 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 me. You come to me and you say, I have this business. How do we sell it at scale? I'm going to put together the the whole map of the plan and, and we're all going to agree on it. And I'm going to say amazing. And then I'm going to hand it to somebody else because that the actual fulfillment of it is it, it, I, I get bored. I, I want to be talking to you. I want to talk to other people. I want to be, I have high energy. And, and that's, I think a lesson for a lot of people too, is I see it a lot in the digital marketing world is they don't understand that they 
are not the right personality type for the roles that they're playing in their business. And I understand that in the beginning, when you have no money, you get to wear all the hats. You don't have a choice. You wear all the hats. But there's one of the hats that you wear really, really well. And your goal should be to get to just that hat as quickly as possible because you're probably the roadblock Mm. that's causing you from not being successful because you're missing follow-ups and invoicing and your fulfillment is trash and nobody's watching progression through it and there's no product development happening and you know this that's that's actually where most of our clients come from is mm-hmm. at about a million and a half a year it's kind of them plus two or three people <laughs> and they show up and go i know i'm supposed to be doing all of these things i just don't have the time can you can you can you take these off my plate so that I can go do all of those things? Cause I know I should be doing them. And we say, yeah, of course you can. John, that's, that's such a important realization. And the fact that you help people along with that is huge because it's, it's hard as somebody who's like a doer, which what you'll find is most of the people who are successful are doers. They get crap yes. done, you know, but on the flip side, you also have a bunch of doers that are stuck because they are, doing too much crap and since they're a doer they can do everything but they yep. shouldn't <laughs> no just because you can doesn't mean you should i can do operations probably better than average it doesn't mean i should yeah. that's not where that's not the best roi on my time i i should be sitting in my zone of genius where maybe i'm one of the better people in the world at it versus at just above average so but it did take me a really long time to figure that out because as as entrepreneurs we tend to be a little control freaky and believe that nobody can do anything as better that better than me when the reality is there's a lot of people who can do most things better than you it's your one thing that you're really good at and where you should be spending your time. Correct. Absolutely. That's, that's huge. For me personally, like, cause I, I, I thought about this for, I don't know, I'm 39. So 39 years. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what I'm good at. And then I finally, after so many iterations of so many things I've done, I'm like, okay, I'm good at pattern recognition. And it was that specific skill. Cause I'm good at organizing information and making connections between information that you don't see, or most people can't even understand. Sure. And I, and because it's so inherently just something I do, I thought everybody did it. And it was, it took me 39 years to figure out like, that's the one thing I do. And so now it's like, oh, okay, now everything is clear. Now I can spend my time doing stuff that has to do with that specific aspect. And I don't have to learn everything and I don't have to be the best at everything. I could just be really good at this one thing. So I think your ability to point that out probably will save people decades of their life. We can hope they should. We can Maybe. hope that hey, one out of 10. That's that's, that's yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, when you said, I don't know what I'm good at, about five years ago, I had just exited my last company and I didn't know what to do. And so I was poking around, talking to a few different people. I really didn't, I wasn't in the headspace to start another business. And I, I mean, I was looking at jobs. I was looking at, I was, it's just, what do I do next? Right. And, and it, it, most people, they were going, well, you're a CEO. Like we don't have a need for a CEO. 
right right now and i was like ah oh, I, I don't know what i what i do and i had this this difficult many difficult conversations with my wife with my close friends and i was envious of people who were like a fireman right mm, a fireman yeah. is a fireman you know what they do they know what they do it's in their identity an accountant we know what they do i said i'm not a i'm not a anything i'm a I'm an entrepreneur. Like I don't, and you can't look at me and say, he does that exceptionally. And it's because as an entrepreneur, you do a lot of things typically above average, maybe even well. So you're not a master of, of one thing. You're just sort of this, you know, jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. And, And so you have this internal conflict of, who am I? Like, what, what do I even do? Like, I don't even know who I am. It seems like you went through the same thing. Oh yeah. And I had a call with a good friend of mine, two of them actually, who said the exact same thing to me. They said, there's probably 50 people in the entire country that know as much as you about developing an entire ecosystem around educational offers. And they like one of them even said, I went and pitched XYZ company because I won't throw them under the bus right now, but they're a company you would know. And anybody in the space would know them instantly because they do a billion plus a year in revenue. And he said, I walked in and said, you should do this, 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 and this, and you'd make an extra 400, so like $400,000 a month. And they went boom, boom, boom. He said, I charged them a fortune for that. And he said, you know, 10 times more than I do. He said, what are you doing? He says, start an agency. He says, start an agency. I said, I don't know how to start an agency. What's an agency? He says, it doesn't matter. Start an agency and just start talking to people and telling them what they should do with their stuff. And I went, well, okay. And that was four years again, four, four years ago now. And right now we have a, a 10 million plus a year recurring run rate on just that business that I started four years ago and it's recurring, which is beautiful. And then I own multiple softwares that I spun off when I saw needs for clients. This is just from two conversations and me going, I don't even know what I'm good at. And I had to have people say, you're good at this. You at least figured it out on your own. I had to have other people tell me. Oh, either way is, is painful, time consuming. And well, I think it takes a level of maturity. Like, I don't think I could have figured this out 10 years ago, you know, even five years ago it's totally different space. And so I think it's, it's all just part of the experience of, of life in general, where it's like, all right, you figured it out. Congratulations. Now, now you can make money. (laughs) And the funny thing is that that I made money before, like most people would, would, their perception was that I was very successful, but I didn't like, I really wasn't zoned in on anything in particular, as far as a role or it was just, just building these businesses. And I make way more money than I do now once I kind of figured out what my zone of genius is and just stayed in my lane. No, and that's, again, that that still goes back to maturity. You had to to realize that one, you didn't know what you're good at. That's a big thing because I I think most entrepreneurs go through that because you end up being the jack of all trades. I could do this, I could do that, I could do that. And then you end up being sort of okay at everything, getting the job done, making some money building some businesses, doing that, but there's not a lot of satisfaction in it. And you always end up starting the process over again. Oh man, I started the process over so many times. Painful. It's, well, you, you need that pain to finally go, what's, 
pattern recognition, right? There's a pattern here. The same person seems to be at the scene of the crime every time. And that's me. Yeah. <laughs> and you end up stuck. Like there's, there's something, there's one aspect that's similar with every single experience. You're like, oh, damn it. It's me. It's uh, me. So, so now that's, it's huge. And it's, it's being able to do that out, out of, you know, I always try to systematize and say like, okay, well, how did I do that? And it's like, nope, you just went through a bunch of pain, experience, failure, even successes. And you're like, and all of it led to this moment. Now, you know, and so good job, you know, stop wasting time. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And, and, and I'm so glad now because it, it, it allowed me to shift my, my mindset from what the COO I hired originally here, he used to say, you have an assassin's mindset. You go in, you say, we're going to kill this. We're going to get this job done. We're going to scale the hell out of it. It's just aggression, aggression, aggression. And everybody around you, you're, you're telling them, you know, step up to my level and get off the boat. And it's just hammer, nail, hammer, nail, hammer, nail. And it's allowed me to realize, oh, no, no, I need to sit over here in my little lane and let all these people who are way better than me just do what they do well and thank them and be grateful and you know, encourage them and try to make sure that they're on their own journey and they're fulfilling their path. You know, people call this culture. It took me a really long time to understand this because I was like, culture, culture is the word for get the job done or beat it. You know, and like that's, that was my mentality. And then I realized, wow, that made me go like this, whoop, bang, whoop, bang, whoop, bang. It, it, it wasn't fun. It wasn't a fun ride. No. Well, and you weren't bringing people up with you. You weren't doing all the, the development stuff that you get the opportunity to do once you give up, like, I'm not doing that. I'm not good at that. You know, and, and yeah. once you do that, then you're like, man, I just provided an opportunity for not only somebody who is good at that, but somebody who actually likes it. Like, imagine yeah. that. Even imagine people jobs. liking to do things <laughs> like, imagine people liking to do things like, like creating SOPs and, and admin stuff. Like it makes my face go like this. HR and that. HR, right? There's the people who do that in my team. They love that. They went to school for things like project management and they geek out on like creating these whole web of systems. And so they love it. I'm like, man, who knew? Oh yeah. And now they get the opportunity to do it. They get paid well for it. They do all these things. And I think, you know, and I, just as a manager, I'm sure you've had issues with some of the current crop of workers that you have working for you. I I've dealt with it. And I'm like, you know, part, you get jobs, not to, because you necessarily like the job, you get jobs to build the experience, to get to the point where you've gone, where you realize what you're good at. And now you can do the things that you like to do. And a lot of people think they could skip that step and decide what they're good at and then go from there. And it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't. Well, let's talk Talk about the eight-week media buying boot camp that we just completed. Yes. You know, I, I think that segue is nice. So just so everybody knows, I know we went off on a tangent for quite a bit, but education marketing is not dead. It's actually more necessary and important than ever for your brand, for your, your long-term business growth, for your personal development. And so you have to do it. And so I think yep. the boot camp that you, you were actually the first of our outsourced boot camp subject matter experts. Prior to this, we had the head of marketing boot camp, which was run by Matt Swan, Richard Lindner, and Ryan Dice. And then we brought you in. Luckily, it was like a miracle because you're like, <laughs> I'll do it. I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> and you came in and then not only did it, but killed it. Like people are raving about it. And just, that's awesome. They're, they're like, when's the next one? And I'm like, I don't know. We're gonna, Tell you soon, but let's talk about that. What did you do with the media buyer bootcamp? 
Well, you know, the, the reality is, is I'm running, you know, I got one minute left. I got a hard stop at the top of the hour. And, you know, in those eight weeks, we taught everything from creative to copy to avatar analysis to business models to profitability matrices to manufacturing fame through social media and we did it all over eight weeks and it was intense and it was a one-time only thing but now i hear that you're putting it evergreen so maybe people should be watching it for it in the future oh yeah well, and they will definitely be up. We're actually, we have lots of big things coming up. And I think your your success with the program is is part of digital marketers development because it's been a very interesting couple of years, but I think we're coming out with a product offering that everybody's going to love. And you are a big contributor to that. So we're very thankful for it. I was thankful to have the opportunity. Well, where can people learn more about you, what you do? The great thing about me is that I've been around since 2004. So anything that has the word Aaron Parkinson in it, in Google, I own it, which is fantastic. And beyond that, you could find us at workwith7mile.com. Pretty easy to find all the information about my agency there. And then obviously you can find me inside your your media buying bootcamp. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Aaron. We definitely appreciate it. And we're looking forward to everything you're going to do coming up here. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the show today, Mark. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarket.com where you can get access to all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.